Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Don't you love it? That never gets old. I'm hot and I have chills. Man, that, that last part just gets me, man. Um, but I, I'd encourage you to talk to Chris about the, the creative team and their process and how they did that video. Every individual, Ser, Ser, Serena, yeah, Serena, uh, Usain, uh, Kobe, there's a thought behind each scenario. So please get with them and uh, talk to them about that. At any rate, hey, let's dive into Luke chapter 4. Welcome to week 2 of the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, Luke chapter 4, it says this. I'll reveal the title of my message after our readings here. It says this. It says, then Jesus um, returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him, there it is, reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. I'm going to reread that. It says this here, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And I love what Luke, the physician, who's so detailed in his account of Jesus' life, he says, reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. We'll just do verse 15, and we won't do 16, but it's what I sent, but we'll just do verse 15. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. He taught regularly. A synagogue was a local building for practicers of um, those that practice Judaism to meet, to read, and uh, receive scripture and prayer and as well worship God together. And so synagogues are like local buildings where you would meet. All right, let's jump over here to Matthew 4, 23 through 25. And it says this, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread, whoa, we see that again for a second time. News about him spread as far as Syria, and, and this was another neighboring country. Uh, these are also actually people who did not practice Judaism, so these were non-Jewish people, where the news about him began to spread. And um, people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them. You do serve a healer. I love it. You do serve someone who has overcome your dysfunction and your brokenness. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. I want to bring a message to you today entitled, the fill, the flow, and the future. The fill, the flow, and the future. The fill, the flow, and the future. Around Common Era 27, um, in this time in, in Israel, um, the political landscape was 
was very toxic. Um, there were a lot of corrupt individuals in, in leadership positions. And it, started, it began all the way from the emperor of Rome, because at this time, Israel or Jerusalem was considered a Roman province. Um, if you were from Israel, you would have considered it the occupation, because you wouldn't have felt as though Rome was supposed to be over you. And so they called it the occupation. And so right now you have political leaders in place who have instituted a corrupt system of taxation. And uh, you have chief tax collectors, you have the, the local tax collectors at, you know, your, your local county who's collecting your taxes, and they spike the rates up because everyone is trying to get a little extra money through the system of taxation that's been currently set in place. And so if you are a local tax collector, you are considered a sinner. Um, you are right there along the lines of a prostitute or a thief or a murderer. Um, in, in, the, in the common citizen's eye, you are no good if you're a tax collector. And it's interesting because the people that compromised Jesus' group were tax collectors, prostitutes, drunks, thieves. Um, they're the ones who follow Christ. They're the ones he accepted. Also in this time, there, there's in the story of the Gospels where Jesus encounters a, uh, man, it is pouring down out there, where Jesus encounters a woman who had been married to five different men. And the sixth man that she's with is not her husband. And he ministers to her. He tells her everything about her life, having not yet met the man. And she thinks that he's a prophet of some sort. And she says, um, man, but I know that one day the Messiah is going to come. And he pretty much tells her that you are talking to the Messiah. That's how I know everything about your life. And so she gets stoked and she's excited and she goes back into the city and she tells the entire city about this man that she's met named Jesus Christ. So we had broken families back in the day. We don't know why this woman had been divorced for five years and the sixth person she's with is not her husband. We don't know if she's barren. We don't know if she had children. We don't know her situation. But at whatever rate, Matthew tells us that there are people who are sick, broken, ill, uh, broke, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're discontent with the political agenda that's been set in place, and not much has changed today since the days of Christ. It's still just about the same. Our churches are filled with people, including myself, who are broken, dysfunctional, and we all have past, and we all have a story. And then you have the religious climate of the day. So you hear about people in the synagogues. We just told you what a synagogue was. Um, People went to synagogue because they felt as though they had to. So it was, it was a checkoff. It was, it was cultural to go to worship God on Saturday. But it wasn't because I want to go to church. It's because I have to go to church. And so the Pharisees, who were a leadership sect in Jesus' day, they would literally stand behind the Bible, and they would read it word for word. Then they would step to the side and read what was called the Talmud, which was their interpretation of the Bible. There was, the, the, what, what, it lacked a real connection between the speakers and the congregation. 
Jesus, when he arrived on the scene, and you see it in his first sermon, and I think it's Luke chapter 4 that we kept reading, you would see where Jesus, he was going to read the, the prophet of Isaiah. He put the scroll away. He handed it to the attendant, and he sat down, and he spoke to people like they were just people. And the Bible says that news about him spread simply because he was a connector. Spiritual leaders in Jesus' day, they would have read it. They would have said, do it. God bless you. See you later. There was no connection. They were on a platform. Jesus humbled himself and came down with the normal man and woman and said, I'm going to actually do life with you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to set you free from, from, from everything that seeks to prevent you from stepping into everything that God has for you. And so the Bible says that news about him spread. It, it spread. It, it, it spread. It wasn't because he was just a connector. It wasn't because he was a dynamic teacher. It, it wasn't because he was healing, casting out demons and all this stuff in which he's still doing today. He's going to do that here in about uh, 40 minutes. We're going to open this altar up here. I just, I feel the spirit of God. But it, it, it was, there was something about Christ. There was something that made him so great, Marcus. It, it was something that, and I think we find it there in Luke Four, if we can pull that verse back up, pull that verse back up for me. It says this. It said, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled. With the Holy Spirit's power. And I love how it says he was filled. And news about him spread. It was filled. And news about him spread. I want to pull out two points today about the greatness of Jesus. I want to talk about the fill, the flow, and the future. The fill, the flow, and the future. It was the infilling of the Holy Spirit that enabled Jesus to be so great. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was the infilling. I remember uh, third year undergrad, genetics lab. This was a two and a half hour lab course. And my professor, he loved, man, he, he loved to teach for an hour and a half, and then you had to do your experiment for an hour. And uh, I, I was having some, some GI issues back in the day. And uh, I wouldn't tell you the details. I was too embarrassed to even go to the doctor to get myself looked at having some issues. I'm like, man, what's wrong with me? Like, I love God, and I just gave my life to Jesus, and man, why, why am I messing up? What's wrong? What's going on with me all up in here? And so, you know how we do. We go to WebMD, <laughs> and we look at all the diagnosis, and yeah, that's, that's me all day. And we go and pick up something over the counter for cancer. Not to make light of cancer. I've had relatives who've had cancer. But what I'm saying is, is we'll go and we'll say, well, let me go and pick that up. And I pick something up off the shelf for, for what I thought was my issue. And my dumb behind, excuse my language, this is a real church, though. We're real people. 
We just said hell in one of our worship music songs. <laughs> Even when it hurts like hell. If we can say heaven in church, we can say hell. That makes sense. <laughs> Opposites go together. Okay. Um, my dumb behind didn't read the medication the right way. This thing said take two pills um, every something, six hours or something. For whatever reason, I translated that into take two pills every two hours. And so uh, I'm, I have lap that night. The first day I have lap, and as studious as I am, I got to really try and, okay, what time I got? As studious as I am, I like to sit up front in all my classes or in the second row. And so I arrived to lab, and, and, and the lecture is going on in about 10 minutes within the lecture. <laughs> and I'm moving, and I'm squirming, and I'm, and I'm squeezing. You know how you squeeze. <clears throat> you know how you squeeze. I'm squirming, and I'm moving, and I'm like, uh. There are two reasons why you don't want to pass gas in a quiet room in an intimate room like this where it's warm. Number one, <laughs> number one, you don't want people to hear you, right? And, and, and number two, you know if it comes out warm, it's gonna, <laughs> am I being too graphic? Yeah. Too much, all right, if it comes out warm, it's gonna be, and it's already warm. But uh, at whatever rate, I got up two or three times, and my friend finally texted me. He's like, dude, what's wrong with you? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm struggling. Look, I don't know what I was filled with that day. But uh, Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God, and I love it because the Spirit of God is available to everyone. And I know that sounds weird, right? Like, what is this Spirit of God you're talking about? I know that that sounds weird. Listen, it's not as weird as some of the things you eat. Being filled with the Spirit of God is it's not as weird as some of the Netflix shows that you enjoy. It's, it's not as weird. It's, it's very practical. Love God, love His Spirit, but I also love Coke. I love cheesecake. I love vacations. Can I get an amen from someone who loves God and who loves normal things? You don't have to be weird and have the Spirit of God. You can be perfectly normal. This is the first point I want to bring to you this morning. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. It, it was his filling that made him so great. It was, it, was his, it was his filling that made him so great. And you can receive the Spirit of God through salvation, okay? Anyone can receive his Spirit. It, 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 salvation is this, it's turning from your life of, of sin, the word repent means to turn. In the Hebrew, is shove. It means to turn from my life and turn to God. Receive the free gift of grace that comes to us through Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. And when we turn, in the, in the, in the, in the Greek, Hebrew is, it's turn, but in the Greek it means to have a change of heart or a change of mind receive his grace, receive his forgiveness, and put faith in Jesus. It's as simple and as easy as that. 
And whenever you put your faith in Christ, simultaneously you receive the Spirit of God. How is that possible? A God so big, a God so all-encompassing, the creator of the universe, how is that possible for him to live in my heart? Because God can do anything he wants to do. And, and when you give your heart to Christ, that's what happens. Romans 3.22 says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. There's no other way to salvation. There's no other way to God. But by placing our faith in Jesus, I love the part B in this verse. It says this here, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are in your faith spectrum, you can consider yourself an atheist, God loves you. Just because you don't believe in him, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Agnostic, I was raised Catholic, and I thought you had to go through this process and, and confirmation and pay this fee and do this thing and, and do these works and, and, and do these, you know, observations and do all this stuff on this date and on this time. And I was raised like this, and I was baptized in all white, and they sprinkled water on me. And, you know, I thought, no, 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 none of that, none of that. It's do you trust God? Do, do you receive Jesus in your heart? And anyone can receive it. And simultaneously, you receive God's spirit within your heart. And, and it says that he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the news about him began to spread. There's something that can't limit the spirit. Oh, I'm going too far in my message right now. Let me, let me back up. Let me back up. Uh, I'm going to get there. Let me see. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14. We who were first put, we, I'm sorry, let me see, let's, let's, yeah, this is the verse here. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that saves you. This is the good news. You're not perfect, but Jesus is. You couldn't uphold the law, nor could I, but Jesus did. And the gift of salvation is just that. It's free. And so we said a few weeks ago that Christianity is not an invoice. It's an inheritance. Meaning that when you come to Jesus, you don't have to pay for anything. He's already paid it all. You receive everything. Okay? And so... Say, good news saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. You see that? Simultaneous. I receive Christ. I receive the Spirit of God. It, it all comes in the package. Whom he promised long ago. Verse 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance. What is this inheritance? Eternal life. Follow me, okay? The, I'm, I'm looking for love. I'm scanning the room. The, 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 word, the word eternal means beyond the horizon. 
So if you've ever went to the beach and you looked out into the water as far as you could see, you, you, you feel as though, man, the, the earth just kind of falls off to the side, right? No, no. There is something that still exists beyond what you see. The inheritance is beyond the horizon. It's eternal life. Now, that word life means zoe, and it means a life full, a life thriving. This tells me this, that when I receive Jesus, I simultaneously receive his spirit. And when I receive his spirit, it's the first day that I begin to thrive. Okay, let me. He was filled with the spirit's power. And word about him spread. All right, let me go to the side. He was filled with the Spirit's power, and word about him began to spread. All right. Eternal life beyond the horizon. Life thriving, growing. This tells me something about, um, about this, 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 this greatness about Jesus, because he was great. That's what, the, that's what the, the, the series is about, the greatest of all time. That word greatest there is, um, that word greatest there in the Greek is megas. And, and that word has to do with dimensions and spaces. And, and, and what you're filled with is an indication of, of the path and the distance and the greatness that God has already promised you, all right? So this is the thing. Salvation, watch me now. Salvation is the first step. It's the most important step, but it's the first step. It's not enough to just miss hell. You, you, you have an inheritance. You have a life that God has predetermined that you step into. And, and, and so it was never God's intention to save you, to fill you, and for you, and for you not to go from level to level to level. And when you tap out on a level, if you're a video game head like me, you enter into another dimension. But the reward at each dimension is greater. He was filled, and it spread. You're filled, most of you. I'm talking to my, my, my brothers and sisters in Christ right now. And if you're not, you can be. But you're filled, and there are dimensions to you. Listen here. The 30-year-old you should look nothing like the 20-year-old you. You, you. you should be processing at a different level. You should be around different types of people. I, I, I sincerely believe this, that the older you get, the less you, su- you should cuss. I'm, I'm going to get right in your seat because cussing was cute in middle school. When we first found out we could. Oh, I, I just said that? Mm, that's awesome. Let me, just, let me just try it again. The, the, the songs were cute. In middle school and in high school, it ain't cute 
in your late 20s. It's not. It's not cute when you're 30. It's not. It's not cute when you're 40. The, The same things you bicker about when you were 20. The same people that you didn't forgive that hurt you when you were in your teens. It's not cute when you're 30, when you're 40, because it begins to limit the distance and the dimensions in which you can reach. It's not cute anymore. And God has given you his spirit. You know, when, when God, when you were born, God never said, you know, uh, L.E.L., you're going to be an okay dad. You're going to be okay. Or Damien, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be a C student. And you're going to, you're going to, and it's not wrong with this, Scott, we were all born in different times, we have different situations, but he didn't say, you know what, you're going to be upset from the age of 18 until the time that you pass away with that eight to five job that you work for 60 years and every day you're just going to be upset and, and ticked off and and mad and broken and and worn down he did not declare that over your life he said that you you will you will grow there's greatness on the inside of you. There's destiny on the inside of you. There are visions that I've given you that I've called you to pursue. And if you would step out in faith, if you would step out in power, if you would take some risk, if you would allow your mind to mature, if you would allow me to change you on the inside, if you allow me to work on you, you get to those places. He didn't say you're going to have an average life. He didn't say you're going to stay addicted to the substance. You're going to stay addicted to alcohol. You're going to always be single. That, that last marriage was your last marriage. He did not declare that over your life. It's levels and dimensions to this thing. And, and God can take any life, any mishap, any mistake, Remind you that you're filled with him and send you into your destiny if you allow him to. Now, um, I'm a big fan of Coke, man. Love Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Don't get me wrong now. Don't get me wrong. Coca-Cola. Man, I love me some... um, I love me some cream soda. Yeah, I, IBC, is it? IBC. Yeah, I love that cream soda. Love that stuff. Love that stuff. You know, Kyra and I, when we go to bed, we always, <laughs> we got this big pink jug of water right next to our nightstand. And so in the middle of the night, we'll turn over and we say, babe, give me some water. And we'll, and we'll go back to sleep. And it's because we do so poorly at our water intake throughout the day. And we get so thirsty at night. And uh, it's funny, man. They got a few benefits about water. I figure we can educate you on a nutritional class here. Is that all right? All right. Water is known to help boost your energy. It plays a big role in weight loss. It helps to flush out toxins. Uh, Helps with your skin complexion. Uh, helps (laughs) Helps you maintain a healthy GI. 
So obviously in college, I wasn't drinking a lot of water. A healthy immune system, it's a headache remedy. I didn't know that. Excuse me for being ignorant. Many of you probably knew that, I didn't. It helps to prevent cramps and sprains. So if you're an athlete, please get your water. It helps to put you in a better mood. I need Starbucks. No, you need water. And this is my favorite one. It helps to save money. Because <laughs> anywhere, anywhere you go, I'll take the entree, put that side to the side. I don't need a Coke. Give me some water because it's free. It's free. And anywhere you go, water is the cheapest as well. So it helps save money. I, I love water because water in the scripture represents the spirit of God. And so you you may see seas and oceans when you read your Bible. Seas represent lots of people. So if you ever have a dream and you're in the ocean, or I'm just kind of going a little deep here, but it's not weird. If you ever have a dream and you're in the ocean, it's a representation that you're called to a lot of people. You're called to impact and influence a lot of people. But water within itself represents the spirit of God. And my thing is, is this, this water is in this bottle. But with all those benefits I just named, if it doesn't get out, what good is it? It can get in, but if it can't flow, what good is it? My second point is this, we can be filled with the spirit of God, but we have to let him flow. We got to let him flow. What good is water if it can't flow? What, what good is the Spirit of God if it can't flow? You know, Judah, um, you know, he, he does well when he plays. And a lot of times he has my iPad or he has a toy or something and, and he's playing. And, and I'll be upstairs. He'll be in the basement and he'll start screaming like very loud. I'm like, man, what's wrong? What's wrong? And, and he's trying to put a toy together or connect something or, or do something that he can't do. He keeps pressing the Netflix show and it just won't come on. And I'm like, can I help you? And he's like, no. And he throws it away. I'm like, can I help you? And, and, and he becomes frustrated. Not understanding that what his father has is available to him. All my wisdom, all my money. All my expertise, all my strength, it's available to him. And he gets frustrated. And I'm like, can I, can I flow? A lot of us are guilty of attempting to build a great life in our own strength. Therefore, we become frustrated when we don't see the results that we expected to see. I'll come down. I'll come down here. So I met this individual. They were a great person. But six months into the relationship, they didn't turn out to be the person that I thought they would be. My, 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 my belief is, is this. If it started with your agenda... If it began with your goals, if the relationship started with what you thought it was going to become, 
you build the foundation of that relationship in your own strength, not on the strength of God. So you became frustrated when that relationship did not turn out to be the way you thought it should have turned out. Okay, well, uh, another thing, a lot of us were working so hard to get the money, so hard to get the bag, so hard, to, to, so hard, so hard, so hard. And either we work, 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 work until we work ourselves to the bone and we don't get what we thought we were going to get. Or when we do get the money or when we do move into the neighborhood or when we do do these things or get them, when we get them, they're not everything that they that they that we thought that they were going to be in the first place. Because we went at it in our own strength. And a lot of us, we're, we're sick. We, we have certain issues. I get it. Illnesses, things. I believe in medicine. I believe in therapy. I believe in counseling. I believe in it all. I believe that God gave doctors wisdom and scientists wisdom to build these things. I believe it with all of my heart that it works, but it's also limited. And I just I want to let you know this, that you're and maybe you don't need this right now because you're good in life and you're ready to go home and you're hungry. So I'm going to talk to the 10 people that are listening. All right. So this is the thing. Your healing. Your fulfillment. Your wholeness begins with, is sustained by, and is completed by Jesus Christ. I'm going to just talk to the 10 people. Bye to the rest of you. Love you. But I'm going to talk to the 10. And I hope you're taking notes because maybe you don't need this today. But I'm a person. And I know that what I'm preaching, I need. I need. When the terminal illness hits, when the money woes come, when the situation erupts, when you've been doing everything you know to do in your marriage and your spouse cheats or your spouse beats and they start to lie, maybe you don't need this right now. But when it happens, you're going to need the spirit to flow because it's going to happen. Let them flow. Galatians 5 says this. It says, but the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, this is the amplified. I love it. The result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. I love this. It says, not the ability to wait, but how to act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That word law can be translated into limit. So, So this is the thing. When the presence of his spirit is within us, the outworking of his, I love the people that are taking notes. You're feeding me right now. The outworking of his spirit results in these things. There's a healthy stream of flow of the spirit of God in your life. Great marriages are built on flow. 
communication, honesty. When we hit a wall in our marriage, we can talk through it. And it's always a progressive conversation, not a you did, she did, he did, you're, I'm out. No, no, it's always progressive. There's a, there's a flow because of what? This, the fruit of love and what is love? Unselfish concern for others. I want to I wanna minister this to my singles, my divorced people, even my married, married people. You got married or you will get married again or you will get married to serve your partner. That's marriage. It's not what can that person do for me. No, it's I'm bringing the spirit of God into the marriage. They're bringing the spirit of God. The Bible declares that we are one. And because we both have the spirit of God, there is a flow. And so Satan can't get in between an argument about finances. He can't get in between an argument about disciplining the kids. He, and we're going to have one vision. It's going to be an agreement, and we're going to prosper, and we're going to live a great life. Singleness, you need, when you're single and you're waiting on God's promise for your life, you need the spirit to flow. What do you need? Okay, well, let's see here. Let's see, let's see. We need patience. Patience is not the ability to wait, but how to act while waiting. So the flow here is is this. As I'm waiting, I love Jesus. I serve him. I surround myself around people who are going places. I become content with where I am and with who I'm with. And when he does send me the right person, I'm going to be the right person for that person that he sends me. So I need the spirit to flow. I need him to flow. Any, 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 any level of success in any sphere, any industry of life, even really if it's for God, you need the stream of the spirit. He needs to get out. I'm thirsty as heck right now preaching to y'all. But this water does no good if it don't flow. Ah, now I'm ready again because it just flowed. When, when, when you see people who have done phenomenal things, especially your Christian brothers and sisters, and there are a lot out there, praise God for the Philadelphia Eagles. But, yeah, that's one. Yeah. But, but, but what they did this year was they allowed his spirit to flow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any healthy and whole church is led by a pastor who allows the spirit to flow. And when your leader is whole, it provides you an environment for wholeness. We want to be whole. We want to be whole. We want to be whole. I I love our superheroes. Uh, I moved here with with seven. I'm going to close us out here in five minutes. Come on up, Jason. I moved here with um, seven people, including my wife. wife, She makes eight. Um, They they quit jobs. They left um, their loved ones. Um, Every Sunday they show up, 6.30, 7 o'clock, to open up this church. And we started with nine. Now we're almost to 100 salvations in 15 months. 100 people. <laughs> like people, people going to heaven, and we just chilling. A <laughs> hundred salvations in, in fifteen months, 
and not just that, you had your superheroes who joined us. We're only a year old, y'all. Uh, superheroes who joined us um, in October who've been here for, for that year. And, and, and what I see is the spirit flowing. Baptisms. We're about to be nominated as a church by the oldest outreach organization in the county for the community award. We're only a year old. We're only a year old. And, 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 and that just means that, that, just means that they, they feel as though we're present in the community. They feel as though we're giving. I'll be honest, we, we weren't really all that present last year, but we're about to take care of some business starting in April. The, 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 those are individuals whom, which the spirit has flown. I, I'm gonna take care of my Saturday night in order to get here on Sunday morning because there are people who need hope. You wanna know how to grow in your faith? You serve. So Jesus was what? He was filled with the spirit News about him spread, and he walked it out. And he became the most famous, the greatest person to ever live. Ephesians 3 says this. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. I love this. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And ask him that with both, and I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. You can really only experience the fullness of God's love as you remain within the community that stands firm on Christ's love. And it has to be more than a Sunday thing. This is why light groups are so vital throughout the week. I encourage you to plug into a light group. Get connected. Reach out and experience the breadth, the length, test its lengths, plumb the depths, and rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know. This is the message translation. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. We serve a God of the impossible. I love how he does it, though. Watch this. This is the key. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. God is going to do the impossible, that which you can ask, imagine, or think as you let him flow. As he asks you to love and to forgive and to take steps of faith, risk that he's calling you. Let him flow. He loves you. He wants you to live a full life. This is what I want to do. Everyone to your feet. Everyone to your feet. Thank you for joining me this morning. Everyone to your feet. Everyone to your feet. And Jason, you just play anointed right now, okay? You play anointed, man. 
Let them flow. Let them flow. Hey, this doesn't have to be weird. What we're going to do is we're just going to pray. And I'm going to open up this altar for you to come on down. I just want to pray for you. Maybe, maybe you have never given your heart to Jesus. That's okay. That's okay. Anyone. He loves you. He loves you. He died for you. Maybe you have, but you need an infilling of the Spirit. You got it, but he needs to be unleashed in your heart. He needs to be unleashed in your life. This don't have to be weird. I don't care if we get one or two people down here. Let me pray over you. Let me pray over you. Come on down. Come on down. One or two, whoever. Let's not be afraid. Oh, man. There it is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. And what I need, I need my leaders. Uh, Kyra, I need you to lay a hand on someone. Andy, get a hand on Ash. Let's come into agreement by faith. Bobby, I need you to get someone's shoulder. Hey, we're just going to pray for you to receive Christ in your heart. I got chills right now. For you to receive Jesus in your heart and for you to be filled. Hallelujah. This is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, God. And God, I would just pray for a fresh infilling of your spirit. Through and through, Lord, that you would have your way in the hearts of your people. They turn to you. Fill them with life, with zoe, with your power. Give them everything that they need right now, Lord, from the crowns of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, remind them that you love them, that you chose them before the foundations of the world, that they are blessed, that they are your children, and that they have an inheritance. God, give them peace even now. Fill them with strength and power. Lord, I pray that you would remind them that they are forgiven, that your mercies are new every morning. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I love you, church. Thank you so much.